Scott, I want to make another mummy movie. No, Greg, we already did that with Tom Cruise. It was a disaster. Okay, how about a mummy movie in the Mummy Extended Universe? Um, I have some notes. Welcome everyone to I Have Some Notes, the podcast where we take the prequels to sequels that are based on remakes and try to shake the continuity out into one uh, coherent uh, timeline of history and narrative. (laughs) I Have Some Notes is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. I'm your host, Liam Kreslick. I'm Greg Beaver. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. And today we are going to be discussing the 2002 film, The Scorpion King, starring Dwayne, brackets, The Rock, brackets, Johnson. This was early enough in his career that I think he was just mostly known as The Rock. Yeah, he was just Just The the Rock. rock. In fact, Vince McMahon was a producer because he owns the name The Rock. There you go. (laughs) Does he really? Yep. Ah. I guess that makes sense. Whenever whenever he started going by Dwayne Johnson is whenever Vince McMahon stopped having his grubby little hands in it. Yeah, so. Rubbing yeah. his grubbies all over Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just let that one air out. Just let that one linger. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, no. This was a this was a, a an int- this movie came about in an interesting way because it is the sequel to the Mummy. Sorry, it's the prequel to the Mummy Returns, which is the sequel to the Mummy. So they took the villain from that sequel and gave him a heroic backstory, even though he's the scorpion shaped villain in the Mummy Returns. Uh, I I, kinda, I I actually kind of wish more franchises did this. I think that's maybe the way instead of trying to like, like just take a cool character from a movie and give them their own movie. I, I do like that as a concept, and I think more franchises would find longevity if they instead of trying to m- milk the same yeah story over and over. Yeah, try yeah try to use the same characters over and over again. Yeah. Just take a yeah take a good side character and let and, them run them up. Yeah, yeah. Although as a as a um, as a prequel sequel to the mummy i'm not sure that it does a good job of capturing the, the tone and magic of it oh it has nothing cuz i feel no. like i feel like the cuz the the mummy is very supernatural and this movie kind of not yeah. it they it could be more supernatural absolutely um though that said as a sand and sandals and sword and sorcery movie it's probably better than average yeah, like having seen a lot of swords and sandals in my days, they're usually kind of turds. Yeah, and this one's like it's watchable. It's watchable. It's kind of fun in places. Probably better than average. Not great. Yeah, but for the genre, I would actually say probably noteworthy. <laughs> I wasn't particularly offended by it. Yeah, yeah. I it was uh, the early on. I was like, wow, this is this is a textbook movie and like like adventure movie to, to the point where i'm like i feel like you could teach basic adventure movie screenwriting by using this you could teach people dungeons and dragons using that yeah. like that's how paint by numbers the plot is yeah but also in a way because that was my complaint when i when we did um uh green lantern was i'm like oh this is boring this is uninspired this is the same movie we've seen a thousand times 
That was true of this one too, but they like knew it and did it well. Like they played a killer game of T-ball. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like they took no big bets, but they like stayed in their lane and they did it right. It. I feel like this movie achieved everything it set out to do. It just didn't aspire to much. And that's, I think that's actually a fair way to look at it. Yeah. It's a very competently done middle of the road movie. Yeah. 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 All the elements are there. But they're not all there in the most exciting way possible. No, yeah. definitely not. And yeah, there's some there's some technical issues that could also have been maybe shake, shaken out. Oh, I'm surprised it's rated PG-13. I would have assumed PG. I also would have assumed PG. Yeah. I don't. I don't even think there's any like. There's no nudity. There's per there's se. like there's like skin. Yeah. But nothing. There's skin in every movie. Yeah, but but I wouldn't say that there's anything explicit. Yeah, even the I, violence, I wonder. Right? I wonder if maybe the the bathtub scene where the the sorceress gets out and she's just um, hiding her bits with hair, like was is that is that maybe a little just too, too risky? sexy for PG? It could be. Well, little... maybe some of the violence, but there's even like a scene where Michael Clark Duncan goes to stab someone in a neck, and they like you see the blade go to the guy's neck, and then it shows him pushing down, and you're like, oh yeah, he stabbed the guy in the neck, but we didn't actually have to see it. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's much, if any, blood in this. Although yeah. I guess I, I mean it is PG thirteen, so it maybe just like it maybe just rated that on the violence alone. Yeah. I mean, he does get he does get a big arrow stuck in his back. On the other hand, um, American rating systems tend to be harder on sex. Yeah. And nudity than violence, and I can't help but wonder if it was actually the bathtub scene yeah, maybe. that pu- that punched it into yeah. PG thirteen. Could be, could be. Yeah. Now that I think of it, I'm kind of less surprised that it's, it's PG thirteen. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just like it's just the violence. But yeah. As, as I was watching, I'm like, oh wow, this is actually like pretty pretty tame in terms yeah. of. It. But it, I I don't know that it's any more violent than like an episode of Xena. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, and I, that's not meant as that's not meant as a slam on the movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, comparably. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are episodes of the legendary journeys of Hercules that are more more or as violent as this. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about movie rating systems is that they don't make sense a whole lot. Yeah, no, they don't. Uh, well, this movie had a, a budget of $60 million, uh, and uh, Had, had that bo- WWE money behind it? Absolutely, that Vince McMahon money uh, backing it up. Uh, and a box office of uh, uh, $167 million. Uh, uh, Wikipedia, well, That's a pretty decent take. I yeah, guess. Wikipedia described it as a moderate box office success. <laughs> right um, in the middle of the road. Though I thought this was interesting. Uh, Dwayne Johnson got paid $5.5 million, and it made the Guinness Book of World Records for highest salary for a first-time leading man oh. also, again wwe money yeah this was also the first time he started a movie and yeah here we are. He had, the, the, the beginnings of uh of the dwayne the rock johnson uh action era i guess yeah he he had been in movies before this though yeah. but like in supporting roles yeah, yeah he was because he, he was in the mummy too so yeah yeah but this is the first time he was carrying a movie yeah yeah uh, yes, yeah, so this does, uh, of course, star uh, The Rock as Matthias. Uh, Matthias. Uh, we got Steve Brand, we got Kelly Hu, Grant Heslov, uh, Bernard Hill, and then uh, most notably Michael Clark Duncan as Balthazar with just a wild wig. I have to assume that was a wig and not a, not a hair-grown... Yeah. Couldn't say. <laughs> that, was, that was quite the haircut. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, uh, this is a prequel to The Mummy Returns, which is a sequel 
to The Mummy from 1999, which was a remake of a movie called The Mummy in 1932. A Boris Karloff classic. Yeah. But uh, this was, uh, I was talking about this before we started recording. Do you guys know how many uh, sequels this spawned? Direct-to-video sequels. I don't remember the number you told us. <laughs> Four. It goes, this, this is not sequels to The Mummy. Yeah. But specifically sequels to The Scorpion King. And a different person plays Matthias in all four of them. There's The <laughs> Scorpion 2, Rise of a Warrior. Scorpion King 3, Battle for Redemption. Uh, Scorpion King 4, <laughs> Quest for Power, which I'm pretty sure is a Superman movie. Uh, oh, it's Quest for Peace. Uh, <laughs> and then Scorpion King, Book of Souls, came out in 2018. What? Just They're recently. still Classic. making scorpion king movies i wonder who published that i feel like i feel like i should have seen that on netflix somewhere yeah scorpion king book of souls um yeah <laughs> that's wild i i that's the, uh, that's wild that i did not know that those ex- sequels even existed yeah ron perlman's in one of them randy couture's in one of them wow. oh a dean kane is in one of them <laughs> tv's Superman, yeah, from Lois and Clark, the New Adventures of Superman. Uh, also, I liked in our in our sort of comments about this movie, you you were like, well, uh, Greg Greg made the comment, uh, well, it's uh, one thing I can say about the Scorpion King, it's short. Yep. Um, but uh, did you know it's so short that they had to add more scenes after initial edits? The movie was seventy minutes long. More <laughs> scenes had to be shot. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> So they, they paint they paint by numbered too good. Yeah. <laughs> they were too efficient. Tight hour, 10. <laughs> I, I picture Fry in that episode of Futurama where he's written an episode of a TV show. And it's like, Fry, this was three pages. And he was like, yeah, but it took over an hour to write. I thought it would take over an hour to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, uh, it's yeah, it was definitely a, a sword and sandal uh, action movie. Uh, let's uh, hear from the trailer to sort of set it up. Acadians. I thought they were wiped out long ago. They are the last of their kind. They are skilled assassins, trained for generations in the deadly art. Live free. Die well. With his sorcerer at his side, no mortal can defeat Memnon. Pledge you our blood oath. Long as one of us still breathes, the sorcerer will die. You've been betrayed, Matthias. A battle will begin. Memnon will stop at nothing. He'll sweep across this land and kill all of you. A destiny will be fulfilled. Come for the woman. And your head. And the legend will be born. Take your best men. Track him down. Kill him. Universal Pictures presents The Rock as The Scorpion King. King Memnon reigns over ancient Gomorrah. With the aid of his powerful sorceress, the tyrannical king crushes any army who dares to oppose him. Desperate, the remaining nomadic tribes turn to jacked Akkadian assassin Matthias the Rock Johnson. Matthias journeys to assassinate Memnon, but the king smells what the tribes are cooking. Memnon captures Matthias, murders his assassin brother, and leaves him for dead, buried up to his neck in sand. His rescue comes from an unlikely source we'll call, quote, comedic sidekick, unquote. Matthias regroups, heads back to Gamora for revenge, but this jabroni just can't get the job done. 
At least this time, he manages to kidnap Memnon's sorceress, and it turns out the sorceress isn't a big fan of tyrants either. With her help, they team up with the sidekick in what's left of the tribes to defeat Memnon. Wait, what does any of this have to do with scorpions? You know what? Just don't worry about it. I was kind of surprised, like, there's only one reference to the scorpion king in the whole thing, is there not? Like, there's uh, the one that I saw is when the rock is, is um, going through the caves after the, the sandstorm. Yep. And uh, he's, you see his shadow in one of the caves above another dude as he's about to pounce on him to kill him. And he kind of looks scorpion-like in the shadow. And that was the only reference to that that I ever saw. Uh, he's also poisoned with scorpion venom at some point. And the sorceress, oh. the sorceress is like, oh, the, the scorpion's venom will always linger in your blood. Oh, right. Okay. That's a pretty big miss on my part, I would say. <laughs> um, like, to be fair, it's one line of dialogue. Yeah, I know. But it is a fairly big po- uh, plot point, I, I suppose. Mm. I mean, it gets like, well, is it, though? Because he kind of like... She kind of heals him immediately. It doesn't really have too much of a consequence. Yeah. Although like, it does, it does, it does serve to um, uh, make the sorceress and the rock more friendly. Like. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. Maybe there's something there that could have blossomed into more scorpionness. Yeah. I guess I want to say not necessarily turning him into a giant scorpion man. That's obviously for later. But uh, like. Something to tie him more in with that scorpion imagery, which for a guy who's known, even at the end of the movie, uh, he gets called Scorpion King by Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like, why would... What does he have anything to do with scorpions that I'll, you know about? I'll be honest. I, when he he just everyone starts bowing to him when he beats the bad guy, I'm like, how is he the king of anything anyway? Well, like, I mean, King Arthur was given a sword by a lady in a pond, and he became king. Yeah. So I guess it just works when you kill the king, you become the new king. Yeah, just <laughs> look. Gamoran ways are Gamoran ways. Who are we to judge? It's I, nicer having, in Sodom anyway. And uh, having not seen the Mummy Returns in quite some time, I don't remember the whole backstory about uh, what happened to the Rock afterwards. I'm going to see if I can remember it off the top of my head. Um, he leads this grand kingdom, and then at some point he goes to war with this other grand kingdom, and he makes a pact with devils, basically, to raise this undying army that sweeps across the land and defeats his opponents, but then he is betrayed and uh, swept away with the dark power and is turned into this man-scorpion hybrid that is now the guardian of the underworld or some such. Yeah. I, I could be completely wrong. We are not going to double check. So but wait, you, the so listener, e- can. F- is it can so? Fact even check. in the in that in the backstory, the reason that he's a scorpion has is kind of random. Well, I mean, he was referred to as the Scorpion King prior. I assume that him being cursed to the form of giant scorpion man, a a scorpion centaur, yeah. a centorpion, <laughs> uh, is is due to the fact that he already had that kind of like scorpion imagery associated yeah. with it, the right? only thing i remember of the mummy returns is the very bad like because i remember being stoked that the rock was in a movie because this would have been like the one summer i liked wrestling <laughs> and like i can see the cgi shot so clearly in my mind of him as a cent- centaur <laughs> scorpion looking guy and the cgi is not good no uh, <laughs> him looking sort of like this weird glossy mannequin that they yeah. placed on top of a scorpion Taking body a big old swing at brendan fraser and that's everything i remember about the mummy returns 
Returns is just that one scene of him, probably even from a trailer, but just like, it's The Rock, he's CGI'd onto a scorpion, and he's yeah. swinging a sword. There are video games from that year that look better than that oh, CGI. Yeah. yeah. There is, um, there's, if you want to go check it out, there is um, um, a YouTube channel called The Corridor Crew who have, uh, they are a, a set of effects artists who react to uh, special effects, but they're also really good at breaking down um, uh, why certain effect shots are so difficult and why um, why doing humans specifically is so difficult, and they do react to the the mummy return. So um, check that out. What was that called again? Uh, the Corridor Crew. Cool. But this one didn't have bad CGI. Not no. not too much of it. I mean, there's there's not really a lot of um, really high end effects set pieces, which is a shame in a movie that explicitly, literally has magic in it. Yeah, like one of the characters is actually a wizard, and they could have done more with that. Yeah, well, she's a wizard that has the power of sight. I don't know if she has she, much other power. I mean, she heals the rock with magic at right. one point. That's a good point. Um, I'm I'm feeling like they could have gone bigger with that. Like yeah. maybe her primary gift is sight, sure, mm-hmm. but why can't she do some other stuff? Yeah, I'm trying to think. She can think control. She can commune with animals. Oh yeah, because she talks with his camel, and she weaponizes a snake against Memnon. Right. So she yeah. has rapport with animals. So she's got some wizardy stuff going on. Yeah. They could have done more with that. Yeah, I think. In, I'm trying to think back, and I think the the ants, the cobra, and when their swords break, seem to be the only actual like CGI effects. The rest of them would have like. Yeah, I mean, there might have been some CGI in the sandstorm. Oh yeah, uh, when it was approaching, but that's the only other place that I can really think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely more Conan the Barbarian than than my magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a, in a bygone era where there were generally some restraint when it came to CGI, unlike yeah. today. <laughs> oh yeah, today like the final battle with. Memnon and Matthias would have had them plummeting off a tower, twisting around one another. Yeah. And it would have all been like a composited CGI. Yeah. Shot. And it would have gotten too exhausting. And <laughs> they would have, they wouldn't have had a practical set. They'd have been in a green screen room. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Which I kind of liked about it. It was endearing that whole fight on the precipice reminded me of army of dark or uh, yeah. Army of darkness. Really like to the credit of the movie, the practical sets look really good. Yeah. The costumes um, look good. The, the action set pieces are fairly competent. I think they could have been bigger and bolder. Mm-hmm. Again, I think there could have been some wizard stuff going on. But what was there was fine. Yeah. Um, it, could have, it could have been real fakey, and it wasn't. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I would have appreciated like a set piece or two that was just a little bit more interesting than, than Ancient Castle. Right. Um, it's a very brown movie. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't, it doesn't tend to break itself up a whole lot. Well, so to be fair, though, the first time he goes after Memnon, he throws himself through a window with a catapult in a multi-tiered city where he ends up ends up in like a bathhouse and then he ends up in the sorceress's chamber. So that, that first time he fights him has crazy city set piece and mm-hmm. it isn't until the army comes where they kind of spread it out and they're like, hey, everyone's in a castle because we've got a thousand extras. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, you know. Could be some practical element there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to see like a wild, a big ancient cliff or something. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to see something. I just want to see oh, the sandstorm wasn't or... good enough for you? No, that no. wasn't. <laughs> no, and there were caves and there was the, the river town. Yep. Um, yeah, the cave was so boring though. Yeah. 
Well, what did what 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 do you think worked really well? Like, what would you definitely want to say needs to be kept in the movie? Uh, I'd even start by saying I loved the cold open. Uh, if anything, the cold open set my expectations way too high, <laughs> and was slowly let down at a perfect in like this this movie overall. I I feel was a letdown for me, but I was like gingerly let down <laughs> slowly and evenly over the course of 90 minutes. Um, I I kind of disagree with you. And it's a cool scene, but it makes Matthias look way more badass than he is in the rest of the movie. Yeah. And it introduces a character to us who, uh, a secondary character to us who is, I feel, incredibly superfluous and is his reason for being there. So... And those are my issues with that. It's a cool fight. It's a great fight. It's no, my favorite no fight question. I think uh, me and my wife were laughing and howling when The Rock draws his bow back, fires at a dude, it hits him, and the force impact of the arrow carries him not only to against the wall, but blows him through the wall. <laughs> or when he shoots five arrows at once, and they all split off and hit five different people. Yeah. Yeah, genuine. It's great. Yeah, it's fun. It. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you're you're kind of right though that like the opening scene is is far more bombastic and wacky than the rest of the movie is. Like the rest of it, you're like it does. He doesn't he doesn't ever do something um, quite that crazy, uh, or 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 he doesn't ap- ever appear as that powerful again in the movie. Which makes me wonder if that was one of the reshoots. If that's something they came back and did later. Oh, maybe. That makes me... What would have been the cold open then? I don't know. Maybe... Just him walking up to the the king? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. There might not have really been a cold open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... I I definitely like the building blocks of the plot. And I think the villain works. I think Memnon is uh, an effective bad guy to point the rock at. Mm -hmm. His threat is... Uh, appropriately Conan-esque. The fact that he's got uh, a sorceress who doesn't really want to be serving him but kind of chained to him works. Um, Yeah, like I think those building blocks in particular are things that I would keep in whatever rewrite I was to do on this because they're solid. They work. Quick question. Do we ever, aside from the the dream sequence where um, Memnon's attacking what's left of the tribes, um, do we ever see Memnon's oppression in any big way? Not really. That's maybe, there's something we could maybe add. Yeah. Yeah. Show him being a terrible tyrant. Yeah. I mean, we obviously see him, you know, kill the rock's brother and uh, doing some other stuff so we don't like him and that's fine but I, I feel like i feel like getting a sense of like for how much uh, peril the 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 city is in or or how he treats the citizens might um make things a little bit more punchy when the rock eventually sets them free right yeah because like when they when they suddenly at the end of the movie they suddenly turn like the uh, memnon's army just like lays down arms and then they start chanting scorpion king and you're yeah. like Okay. Is it that easy? Or yeah. Is that like, much sheep? Yeah, I yeah. think that would have played better if if there was if if you felt like they were just clamoring for someone else to come along. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good point. Yep. Um, anything in particular that you would outright lose from the movie? Hmm. Uh, or the sidekick, probably, or or at the very least, um, completely write, rewrite him so he tells jokes. 
<laughs> that's that's fair. I would say he could have been jokier. I almost I almost found it endearing that they've got wacky nebbish, not nebbish, but like uh, funny, not physically imposing sidekick, sprightly child, sorceress lady, crazy old um, explosions guy. Like he, he's got the every trope of the backup side character in a cart with him as he ro- <laughs> oh, and the former rival now friend. Yeah, like. He he rolls into town with a cart full of cliches. No, he he brought his adventuring party with yeah, him. Yeah, it's it was to the nines, and so <laughs> I, I I think I, in some way they kind of mirror Brendan Fraser's crowd in uh, in the Mummy too as well, right? Because of his son, his his wife, and um, her the, brother. The, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Nebish. Yeah, that's right. The the sidekick and and. Um, I can't remember the character's name, but there's the 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 guy who's the guardian, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's the, he's their former foe. So that's interesting. Yeah. I I think for me, what kind of didn't work about this particular sidekick is that he 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 saves the the rock from the fire ants when he's um, buried in his head in sand. Yeah, uh, and and then he just wants to go with the rock for an adventure like he literally says that like i want to go on your adventures like and share save me spoils. i'll save you if you let me yeah i don't know it just doesn't feel like because you don't really know the character you don't have a sense of like are you doing this for greedy reasons like like what is your motivation i just feel felt like that just kind of fell flat it kind of and then, and i think it hurt the character throughout the movie because i never really understood him he also like I get that he's his character arc is meant to be I'm going from selfish to selfless because he's the one who sets the bomb at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And he's and he's willing to make that sacrifice. Um, but his skills never really come into play. And if you want to keep the character, I feel like there's a way to make like his escape in that scene where he's like, in five seconds, I'm going to be out of this pit when that guy's back is turned, and you're going to get eaten alive by ants. And then he does that. And The Rock is legitimately like, what just happened? And I think that miraculous escape should be like his shtick. Yeah. Like, he keeps getting The Rock out of these perilous situations because he's this insane escape artist. Right, And that's what's been keeping him alive all this time is he knows when to cut and run. So in that sense, his arc in that case can be the going's gotten tough. This is it. The chips are down. And instead of cutting or running, he sets the bomb still, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. S- you keep that character arc, but it plays into an interesting skill set where he's like, I can get out of any problem. Like, I don't need to stick around with you. I'm sticking around with you because I'm bored or I want to get rich or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he slowly becomes more heroic as the rock slowly becomes more heroic as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you kind of you kind of almost forget that. Like at the beginning, he's he's supposed to be a selfish assassin, but you don't get like a, a super. I don't know if he's supposed to be super selfish, but his like his motivations aren't altruistic, and you don't get a super a super good sense of his arc either. And that's I think that's partly because The Rock was directed to play it very seriously, um, which is a disservice. Which, yeah, big mistake. Because The Rock is very charismatic mm-hmm. and can be very charming and funny. Yeah. Um, and the script and the movie kind of misuse him in that yeah. way. You ever see because he's he's play, he's playing Conan the Barbarian, very stern and... Yeah. And he, with the exception of a few one-liners here and there. Yeah. And I think if they'd let him loosen up a little bit, yeah. we would have liked him better. Yeah. And it would have made us maybe understand the character a little better. Because mm-hmm. he's a bit... 
he's a bit of a cipher. Yeah. I think I'd like to see this movie, this movie remade now with The Rock now because yeah. it, the, the Rock is really uh, sorry Dwayne Johnson has really come a long way as an actor. Like it, you can you can see like the the difference between him in this movie and the him in like the the Fast and Furious movies. Like he is absolutely taking those Fast and Furious movies and putting on his huge fucking shoulders and and carrying those movies all the way home yeah you know he's just he's just that big of a presence and he even even makes um um lesser movies like um san andreas for example uh really tolerable just because he has that kind of gravitas but he in this movie he doesn't quite have that now some of that's the script but some of it i also think it's it's like he's still sort of like making his way as a as an actor it was his first time as a leading man so yeah. perhaps this did seem like oh this is when they let a wrestler be in a movie whereas now he's dwayne johnson movie yeah. star in this particular movie you well know I mean? yeah you, you further can, to you that can that almost point. sense like the, the confidence is not there yeah and further to that point i feel like the directors were leaning more on him being like a big muscly man yeah and less on him actually being a charming and charismatic actor and because they didn't know they had that yeah and that's why they maybe fumbled him a little in yeah. this movie yeah and in some ways you can probably you can probably understand why they maybe they fumbled it but like um but yeah he's it, 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 he didn't get a chance to shine at all so. but it also kind of comes through a bit like this movie this like i think my favorite part of this must still might be the rock like he's just fun to, he's, like, <laughs> he's i don't usually gush over action movie stars but i'm like i like the rock in movies like he's I, i'm never disappointed to see dwayne johnson in a movie like he's fun he's a yeah yeah you ever see him in be cool yeah be cool so good when he's dancing in that little blue suit like oh yeah yeah, yeah. So there's some there's some actors who just have that. Yeah, you know, and they and they just they, that they, it factor. Yeah, they just create a career out of just being like you know, it's like the it's like Harrison Ford. Like, like Harrison Ford doesn't as a as an actor doesn't have like a, a ton of range. He kind of just like if you want hair, you know, you need a Harrison Ford character, you cast Harrison Ford, yeah. right? Yeah. But he's just like he's damn fun to watch and everything he's in. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like I would have cut the actor who played the villain he seemed more like a bond like he seemed like there's sort of the cliche of like british white british guy as villain and i'm like you could have had any like just yeah you could have just he he seemed more like a bond villain than an ancient mesopotamian villain you know what i mean not necessarily a problem with the with the character more just with the actor yeah and and the haircut that went with it (laughs) (laughs) um Actually, one thing that I will keep and that I will laud is this is a very diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Um, Nita actually, while we were watching it, uh, mentioned like there's a, there's quite a few white people for the Middle East in ancient times. And I was like, now, in fairness to the movie, though, the white people aren't everyone. Yep. And the cast is actually like quite diverse. Uh, with people from a number of different ethnicities in even just major roles, yeah. Yeah. not just in the background. So kudos, movie. Yep. Like well done. Yeah. In fact, I think the the villain and and uh, and the and his his that the the guy who does the betrayal. Yeah. And the scientist guy. Those are those are the only and three. And Theoden ma- King, captain of the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are I think those are the only white characters who are yeah. major characters in the movie. And that's three of what is actually quite a cumbersome cast actually yeah Yeah. 
Speaking of the the, the, the guy who betrays his, his father, yeah. I would cut him. Because I don't really think he does anything. He does not. He's just kind of there. <laughs> and then he, he dies and you're just like, eh, whatever. Pretty it's much. Not satisfying at all. <laughs> Didn't really think about him a whole lot and now he's dead. Pretty much. Yeah, to the point where I'm, I'm struggling to recall that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I remember there being a line about some guy betraying his father, but I'm like, I don't remember yeah, seeing yeah, cut, the, Well, he betrays his father when the rock like goes goes to assassinate Memnon. And he yeah. goes to assassinate the sorceress. Sorry, and then yeah. he's been sold out by the uh, by the dude's son. Right, right, right. Who, who sent the rock. Yeah. And then he's just kind of around as a trusted lackey after that, which also blows my mind. Like, this guy's one notable act has been betrayal, <laughs> and you're putting an awful lot of trust in him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can cut that guy, I think. Um, and he barely shows up either. He's like in like two more scenes and then he dies. Yeah, he basically just kind of henches for Memnon and then dies. Yeah, yeah the the um, the other his um, his uh, chief lieutenant in the army. That guy has is more consequential mm-hmm. to uh, to the plot than the than the betrayal dude because yeah. that that guy is the one who's constantly being like, where's the sorceress? Hey, buddy, where's the sorceress? I want to see the sorceress. Have you seen the sorceress? Where is she? Can yeah. you show me to her? <laughs> yeah, so we can cut that guy. We can cut the, the that guy for sure. Is there anything else you guys would cut? Um, hmm. Michael Clark Duncan's hair. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rock's hair. He looked weird with hair. Oh, uh, I, like had- I love that he had male pattern baldness. But he and- had the same hair that he had in The Scorpion King. Yeah. So I kind of... Or in That's, as as the Scorpion King monster in Mummy Returns, so I kind of get that they're trying to give a little continuance of the visual. Yeah, maybe a better maybe a better wig with something that looks like more of a natural hairline. I don't know. It looked fakey to me. I, maybe that's why Michael Clark Duncan and, and Memnon the villain had such equally awkward haircuts. Is they're like, look, everyone has weird haircuts. Everyone has a dumb haircut. <laughs> dumb haircuts for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so so. That guy and haircuts, and, and then that's Does it. Does the movie need cutting? to be set in Gomorrah? Like Sodom and Gomorrah. Could we have just made up a city? No, I like the I like the quasi-historical stuff. It made me feel like I don't know enough about ancient history to like... I mean, it made me... Weirdly, it made me want to know more about ancient <laughs> history so that I could see how much of this was Hollywood bullshit and how much of it was accurate. Because I'm like... I couldn't tell you an an Arcadian from a, an Acadian from a Mesopotamian. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'm just like, and then as soon as they say Gomorrah, I'm like, oh, that's I know that place. Yeah, okay, <laughs> right, fair it's enough. A familiar. It's you know, it's the you know they say they say Gomorrah is the fifth character. You know, like they, like, <laughs> like New York movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that usually happens to me when I watch like a like a historical drama or something like that. Like when I watched uh, Braveheart, I went I went and read. I, I once read the entire Wikipedia. On uh, on William Wallace, yeah. um, uh, and even when I watched the HBO s- series Rome, like that made me go back and like uh, read all about uh, what the actual Caesar was like because it piques my interest. And like I was like, this is a really interesting show, really interesting show. But what really happened, right? Yeah. Well, in this case, I don't case, know that Scorpion King did that. I didn't case, go back. I didn't go to. Yeah, happened. I did not go to Wikipedia and be like the Scorpion King. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I liked that it was set in Gamora. I thought that was like. Kind of grounded in reality. You've sold me. Yep. 
Well, uh, sounds like it's actually got this movie has quite a lot going for it, though I definitely think there's some ways we can uh, tighten it up, and I know our listeners have a lot of thoughts as well. So we will see what uh, what we can do to improve this movie and give it our notes when we come back after the break. This episode of I Have Some Notes is brought to you by TELUS World of Science Edmonton, home of the Canadian debut of Marvel Universe of Superheroes. The exhibition runs October 19th to February 17th. Here's exhibit curator Ben Saunders with more. What we have here is material from the comic book universe and from the cinematic and television universes, often framed and displayed in ways that offset the relationship between the different forms of media. We've really tried to do a deep dive into comic book history, the creation of the books to pay tribute to the creators as well as the characters. And there really should be something here for every generation of fan and hardcore fans will be, I think, staggered by what we've found. 2019 marks the 80th anniversary of Marvel. You can buy your tickets today at tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. That's tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. Welcome back to I Have Some Notes. We're discussing the Scorpion King. And, uh, you know, I think we've all agreed it's... uh uh, a fairly uh, a competent movie, if not all that exciting, and definitely room for improvement. Uh, what? Uh, how do you? How do you think you can fix this film? How do you think you can make it from a um, a lowercase Conan to a capital C Conan? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mentioned in the first half that I would definitely um, tweak the uh, 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 the comic relief a little bit, but I got to be honest. Like outside of that, I'm I don't have. I don't have a lot of ammo on this one, so I think I might be relying on on, uh, on you two to do the heavy lifting. Uh oh, because uh, <laughs> I also feel like I just I said it off the top. This movie does not aim high, and it achieves everything it sets out to do. It is competent. It is watchable, making it kind of forgettable, but not cringe-inducing or frustrating to watch. Like I said, there's uh, some of the movies we've done I've been into and saw fixes. Other movies like, you know, last week's Freddy versus Jason, where I'm like, why am I watching this? This is enraging me. <laughs> this, like I said, it set my expectations high with a great cold open, and then it just like slowly like laid me into a little cradle of mediocrity and good night. Yeah, like I, I feel I feel like the, 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 there's elements missing of this to really feel like it's part of the mummy extended universe, mm-hmm. right? Like it feels I'm, well. Part of that is the lack of magic, yeah, yeah. and yeah. scorpions. Yeah, like if if the uh, you know if we got an like a set piece in in the end where um, you know the the rock was basically fighting an all powerful Memnon who had who had gained magical powers by way of stealing it from the sorceress or something yeah you know i i i feel like it would have been more in tune with with what the mummy series is yeah um it just it 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 felt it just kind of felt a little dry and then then that was the whole movie right it just didn't you know most of this stuff if you just if you just tweaked a few things and 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 maybe did some comedic punch-up um, I think that would make it, you know, and probably turn it from like, you know, a six of a movie to make maybe a seven or an eight. 
Yeah, I think a little more spectacle, like either bigger jokes from the comedic relief, bigger magic from the magic users, more scorpions, you know, (laughs) or even just explain, like, explain why he's the scorpion king. Uh, Let let Memnon be the current scorpion czar and have the scorpion amulet that gives him his power to oppress the people. And then the rock takes it. Now he's the scorpion king. You know, like yeah, just, something, some, something even as simple as that might have, yeah. might have, um, given it a, a better through line give, to the mummy give returns. Me, yeah, give Memnon a staff that's shaped like a scorpion's tail that then the rock holds up, and that makes it. You know, or, or maybe the rock has a pet scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> You're shaking Sorry. your head. Do you not? Do you not agree? Memnon doesn't need to be associated with anything scorpion related, okay. and because that muddies the waters. The rock's character, Matthias, mm-hmm. is the scorpion king. Yeah, Memnon can't be the previous Scorpion King. The Rock is the Scorpion King. Fair. Um, Memnon can have his own thing. Yeah, he can just be like the f- flaming twin. He's the Cobra guy. King. He's Cobra Sh- King. Sure. <laughs> the I think I think what you do is you make it so that Memnon is not merely using the uh, sorceress's oracular powers, mm-hmm. but he's legit got magic on his side. Like he's this unbeatable warrior because he's fueled by magic. Yeah. And then The Rock, when he teams up with the sorceress, she empowers him in a similar way when he gets poisoned by scorpion venom. Yeah. And he gains the strength of the scorpion when she magics him. Yeah. And that makes him a little superhuman, enough that he can then finally fight Memnon on a fair field after probably having been beaten by him before mm-hmm. in the plot. Um, and that's why he's now the Scorpion King, because he has he's fueled by scorpion poison. <laughs> But yeah. but in a good way because magic, I think I think that's that a legit sense. way to do it. It ties in the him being poisoned and her healing him, and it gives it gives Memnon a little more threat, and it gives an explanation for why he hasn't been able to kill that guy yet. Yeah, I think Memnon having more threat, I think is is something we touched on in the beginning, and I'd like to see more of. Is actually show us the way in which he oppresses his people. Yeah, you know, and and having magic powers in a time fueled by magic in a story about magic people yeah. is a way to do it. <laughs> is there a way to give it sort of like a, uh, a hint to um, the, the Scorpion King's eventual m- megalomania? Like, like perhaps um, the powers he's imbued with by the sorceress, the sorceress is reticent to give them to her to him because, because there's she, like a tinge she of knows, darkness. Yeah, every, she knows that eventually it will it will it will turn him into something else. Everyone who I've given my powers to have been corrupted by them. Mm-hmm. Not sure. me, not this time, I promise. Ooh, that makes well, her I mean, character I, really interesting if she, if she she has these abilities to give people but there's there's such a do, uh, such a awful consequence. Well, and it. and it could also be that cuz she's she has oracular powers. Like she yeah. can see the future to an extent, like not an immutable future and not, and it can be misleading mm-hmm. as it's shown in the movie, but she could legitimately be like, I'll give you these powers. And like, sure, honey, you're not going to be corrupted by them. Sure. Yeah. But also you're the better option than Memnon. Yeah. <laughs> like as bad as, as bad as you might become, he is worse and he needs to be taken out now. So like, I don't know. There's, there's that makes for an interesting conflict for her character. Yeah. Like, am I, am I creating a worse monster? Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the tragedy is, of course, is that the audience knows that 
yeah, that's exactly what she did. Yeah. yeah. Um, you had mentioned cutting the uh, cutting the the bad henchman dude who killed his dad who yeah. betrayed the rock. Um, and I'm going to substitute a different character who betrays the rock. His brother, <laughs> who he saves in the cold open and then dies two scenes later because he was a useless, superfluous character. So why not? Make him important and have him betray the rock because then it's way more personal. And you set up an interesting conflict for the rock to have with his brother going into the third act, where his brother's the gatekeeper to Memnon. Yeah. Or, or just throw this out there. I was following along and went, ah. Yeah, your Um, face lit up. uh, The brother betrays the rock and then dies. The Rock doesn't know that he's been betrayed by his brother. So he goes on this, like, you killed my brother, you know, revenge spree, only to be like, whoa, 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 you're here because I killed that guy? That guy betrayed you. But now The Rock has come so far that he realizes it's not about revenge for his brother. It's about these people who have been oppressed. It's about, it's about revenge for the people of Gamora. Yeah, and continues his quest to slay. Yeah, that, he, that's, well, that's an interesting twist on yeah. it. Can I, certainly, that can certainly be your, your end of second act letdown. Yeah, he finds out the truth about his brother or whatever. Yeah, that that his brother betrayed him. But I definitely, I do even like your your idea of just making those two characters one character. Yeah, like yeah. May, that that makes the the brother a little more important. It makes the the betrayal a little more personal. That is a shattering second act revelation for the Rock to have to deal with. Yeah. Um, I think, and I I think it saves a superfluous character and gets rid of another superfluous character. Yeah. Yeah. So efficiencies. Yeah. <laughs> I've had another two characters that I think might be interesting to roll into one, the kid and the thief or not the thief or what the, the, the horse. Nebbish, thief. Yeah. Yeah. That's the horse I mean. thief and the street urchin. Yeah. 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 Cause I think it, they kind of serve similar purposes. I mean, you, but you were talking about rewriting the, the, the horse thief so that he's sort of like this master escape artist. And that's, that's kind of what the kid was doing. Like he sort of, uh, fooled the rock and chase and you know having him chase him all around town and stuff like that and um i don't know they having those having just having just the kid um i think makes the character even more sympathetic um just because like it that that would that would that would give the rock an opportunity to he's this cold-hearted assassin but then his he, he he turns turns on that sort of ethos and, and and saves the kid just because he's not all bad. Well, and um, actually, I, I like this idea quite a lot um, because by pairing him up with the kid early on instead, and the kid is a street urchin in Gamora, um, it gives the Rock the opportunity to have a character who's coming along with him who's been oppressed by this regime, yeah. who's at the bottom of the social order, and can show him how terrible it is living under Memnon. So that he has someone he has an immediate relationship with who he sympathizes with and who he gets to see this plights through their eyes yeah. and and becomes more sympathetic to the cause because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, that's that's good. That's solid. And that kid could have helped set the dynamite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, help the old man set the dynamite cut the cut the he and he all together. The kid and the old man had a pre existing relationship in the yeah. movie. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So between the sorceress being like Memnon's an evil dude, and I'm I'm basically his slave, and the kid who's like Memnon's an evil dude, he's oppressed me and my family and my friends and my people. The Rock has two characters he's growing fond of, mm-hmm. who are both like this guy's evil, and he's like, yeah, I guess I should probably kill that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like it. That's 
That's solid. That's much more yeah, solid the, motivation. The fixes are coming fast and furious now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a weird... I had a thought... It, it, I guess I just would would have either cut this scene, uh, changed it, or or. But when when the old the the uh, artificer guy and uh, the the comedic relief character are setting the dynamite, mm-hmm. the comedic relief character bumps his head on something and falls over, and then the scene cuts back to the rock swashbuckling, and I'm like, oh, did this guy bumping his head? set back because he's like I'll be because he was like hurry hurry and he's like I'm hurrying I'm hurrying whack and then I'm like oh that's gonna cause a setback to their dynamite plan uh it does not it was just a it was just a bump on the head it was a joke yeah and it did but it played like a meaningful plot point and I was like thinking back yeah because there's a moment uh there's a moment in the third act where everything looks like it's going wrong all at once like Suddenly, the there's a reversal of fortune for all of the subplots going on. Like yeah. the suddenly, the dynamite plot gets found out, and there's soldiers there. And then Michael Clark Duncan is cornered in a hallway with soldiers, and Memnon's guy has just shot the rock with an arrow, and oh, Memnon's going to win now. And like the Lady Amazons have uh, an army bearing down on them, and it's like oh. That's really ham-fisted movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything's gone wrong all at once. Hooray. But then it all goes right, yeah. And then it immediately all goes right, yeah. Because The Rock kills one guy and everything goes right. Yeah. I thought um, that the moment where Michael Clark Duncan was was uh, was cornered, um, that's the point at which he sort of breaks through the wall, correct? Yeah, and, with like 12 guys on him. Yeah, yeah. And I thought... It would have been a lot, a lot more fun if it was um, The Rock, um, uh, cornered by a whole bunch of guards, and you know uh, Memnon laughing that you know you're 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 surrounded by my guards and fire, you're done, this is over, and then you hear like the breaking of the wall, and then just like massive Michael Clark Duncan just breaks through the wall and starts smashing all like all the guys around him. I thought that would have been a great, really fun moment. And it's just like another one of those moments where this this movie was so close to like giving me the really fun, entertaining things yeah. that I wanted, but just missed the mark slightly. Um one other thing that I do want just throughout is more ambitious action set pieces. Yes. Hmm. Um like the ones we got were fine. Um, I particularly like the moment in uh, there's a really great uh, scene where the rock crashes into Memnon's harem and the ladies are all fawning over him while also completely disarming him and then ring a gong and the guards come in to take him. Yeah. And then he beats up those guards because he's the rock and he doesn't need a sword. And then a bunch of other guards come in and they start shooting arrows at him and he cuts down the gong and uses this as a giant shield. And I was like, that's a fun action set piece. Yeah. Could have been shot a little better, but it was fun. It was good. I want more cool stuff like that. Yeah, or like I more I catapults. Gush, gushing over the cold open with the like the, the the chandelier and the table flip. And I'm like, this I'm like, oh man, is this movie just like because I knew it was going to be a pretty across the plate action movie, mm-hmm. but I'm like, oh, does this have all the panache and like fight choreo that wrestling it's does it's gonna sound weird for a, a sword and sandals movie yeah. but more swashbuckling would yeah. have been perfect yeah <laughs> and like more but yeah those more kind of gamey like you're standing under the glass and it's the guy you know you missed did i kathunk like 
Yeah. That that first scene had so much of it and that kind of wrestling Honestly, vibe that, where they're like that, using the space. That's kind of what the mummy series has in space. The mummy is very swashbuckly, I would argue. Yeah. yeah. Actually. Um and I kind of wish there had been a little bit more of that here. Again, the action scenes we got were fine. Mm-hmm. Could have been better. Add in a add in a little magic as well and yeah. saying. They're they're serviceable action films. They are serviceable action scenes, but not memorable ones. Yeah, I would say, except for that harem scene, I very distinctly remember that. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. So yeah, it sounds like we uh, we just want to see more more magic, more action, and more show uh, me slight, the magic. Slightly more efficient use of characters. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think we punched up the movie pretty good. Yeah, it was it was yeah. already fine. We just, just tightened uh, it up. We just tightened up the screws. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, let's uh, let's find out what our listeners have to say. Uh, you can get in on the note having. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we will let you know what movie is coming up, and you can get your notes read on the show just like these people have. Uh, Andrew Craig uh, commented, uh, it both wanted and didn't want to be a new Conan, therefore it ended up being muddled. <laughs> the writing should have aimed higher. That's sort of what I was saying. It really... Uh, it. it Achieved everything it set out to do. It just didn't set out to do much. Uh, the writing should have aimed higher and been more epic in scope. Given that it's from the mummy universe, the supernatural component should have been amped up. Uh, in fact, I think it would have been cool to have a Harryhausen-esque adventure flick. In fact, I want to see that now. <laughs> well, I mean, the remake of Wrath of the Titans, arguably. But uh, no, uh, Andrew's kind of right. Really, like yep. it's uh, and and this is all stuff that we more or less landed on ourselves. Is it it wanted to be a Conan movie, but it didn't quite do enough Conaning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cinematological says, uh, turn it off and watch Kurt, uh, Chuck Russell's. I almost said Kurt Russell. Uh, turn it off and watch Chuck Russell's masterpiece, The Blob. Add more blob. <laughs> Have the Rock say less words and wear less clothes. <laughs> Uh, just say no to the early 2000s CG. Actually, we, we kind of agreed there's not much CG in this movie. Yeah, yeah so. I think uh, some people might be thinking immediately of the, the Mummy Returns yeah. when they think of this. Yeah. Uh, obviously, also, Cinematological recently watched The Blob. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely agree that The Rock should wear less clothes, but I would vehemently disagree that he needs to say less words. Yeah. yeah. If anything, he should be even more fun words to say. And yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Though I did the the scene where they chop off his shirt, like he's wearing a vest, and then they very like someone slices off just the leather to expose <laughs> his bronzed, oily chest, and I'm like, yeah, it was a little little on the nose. I'm like, yeah, he's got pecs. We all like pecs, but you know, <laughs> literally undressing him. Um, Nathan Martin says uh, it's only an hour and a half, but there are points in this film where it feels like it's going to be going on too long. The Rock is perfect and full of charisma. Notch, because T-R-I-P, I assume it stands for The Rock, the rock is Perfect. Is perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm learning all the hosting and jokes. Uh, but uh, all in all, this is a very paint-by-numbers flick. Fun, but a little forgettable. I don't see how this character becomes a big bad guy later on, since he really shows no signs of being a bad guy. That might have made the story a little more interesting. Well, that's why in my fix where he gets tainted by dark magic. Yeah. That gives him the strength to fight Memnon. Yeah. Or rather, Greg and I both kind of I th- I like, developed that. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Yeah, sets, sets up that darkness for later, even though he's a hero today. He's tomorrow's villain. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, those were our listener comments. Again, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. Uh, we'll read your notes uh, on air, and you can get in on the notes having for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one down the tubes. Yeah. Indeed. 
Yeah, I, I uh, a couple past couple of these movies have been from the the late nineties, early two thousands, and I'm see if we can tackle. Uh, yeah, Liam's either. quite adamant that we should be we should be going further in the future and further into the past for our next couple of movies. So if you guys have any suggestions for us for more recent movies that you'd like to see punched up or or, maybe or something classics, from, yeah, like something from the eighties, maybe. Oh. Yeah, yeah. This just uh, they're all sort of a there's a tone to movies of this era, a certain. Uh, uh, a certain gloss of arrogance, right? Yeah. A certain blandness, <laughs> too. The, the, finan- the financial crisis is a scant seven years away. And, uh, you know, yeah. um, we're just making movies willy-nilly. Freddy fights Jason. Uh, you know, anyway. Uh, but yes, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at I Have Some Notes. If you like the show, please consider a rate and a review on iTunes. It really does help us out. You can find our episodes on the CKUA radio app download it from the apple app store as well remember to check out all of our sibling podcasts over at the alberta podcast network powered by atb uh we post new episodes every uh second week so tune in uh two weeks from now for an all new episode uh signing off i'm liam kreswick i'm greg beaver i'm scott c bourgeois keep watching the skies you jabronis You know, I love books, and I would like to join a book club, but uh, it seems like such a big commitment. Why is that? Reading a whole book in a month, that takes a lot of time. Well, what if it was only one chapter, say, a week? Organizing to meet up with people is a lot of work. Well, what if it was only half an hour, whenever it worked for you? That would be great. The read-along. It's a mini book club for your ears. Join my wife, Anita. And my husband, Scott. On a weekly journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. Part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts can be found.